Welcome to Gapology Radio with your hosts, Mark Tinas and Brian Brockhoff, authors of the leadership development books, Gapology, Imbar, and Speed of Purpose. At Gapology, our purpose is to help leaders achieve their greatest potential. To learn more about our groundbreaking books and training services, visit our website, gapology.org. Hey everybody, welcome to Gapology Radio. If you're looking for a great way to quickly get your team up to speed on Gapology, take a look at our video-based e-learning option available through udemy.com. The entire course runs only one hour and contains 41 short video lessons that will provide a solid base level of understanding around all of the most important elements from our flagship book. Just visit udemy.com, that's U-D-E-M-Y.com, and search for Gapology. And tonight we continue our How Do You Know series by looking at the decision around the need to retrain your team members. This will be an interesting one for sure, so let's go ahead and get the show rolling with Martinez. Hey Mark, how are you doing? Good, Brian. How are you? I'm pretty good. I was uh, just kind of relaxed tonight, uh, listening to a little Diana Crawl while I was waiting for you, just kind of chilling here. How about you? Do you uh, have a nice can... relaxing night? No, I've been I've been playing tennis for the last couple of hours, so... Uh, relaxing it would not be singles tennis oh wow yeah um, yeah yeah well yeah definitely uh an opposite uh experience i think so i'm i'm in chill mode and you're over there sweating like crazy yeah and i'm dehydrated so if you hear it in my voice you'll know what it is oh okay okay well we'll make sure you you drink a little bit and um but that's interesting so i know you are a long-time tennis player, and I know there's a lot that goes into that, a lot of training. And I think, actually, that's interesting because I think that ties into what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, oh, it does. So, You're right. Yeah. So, oh, interesting. Because I was thinking about um podcast episode we're going to do probably next week. I'm trying to line it up with a martial arts Hall of Fame expert. So this is a good friend of mine who is in multiple Hall of Fames, a world-class expert. He has a dojo, massive dojo here in Kansas City, trains, uh, you know, young, young people, uh, adults, trains law enforcement. He's an amazing guy. He's got an amazing story. And I wanted him to share his thoughts on relentless training, but I think we can really dive into what you've done with your tennis. I think that actually could be a topic that we can discuss as well. Yeah. The only gap is I'm not in the hall of fame. (laughs) Soon to be. (laughs) So I have, uh, I've been playing for 30 years plus and I literally have gotten better over that time. So I, uh, I do, I do train relentlessly and try and get better all the time. So, but I can't wait to hear from the dojo. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. So anybody listening, uh, make sure you tune in. I'm going to try to get him on the show next week. Um, I've already talked to him about this, and he's so excited. In fact, we've been back and forth trying to get him on the show for probably a year now. And uh, I think we we finally have a date picked out. So so be on the lookout for that. But tonight's topic, we, we wanted we wanted to talk about how do we know when to retrain? So oftentimes as trainers in the training world, which which is kind of where I live, uh, we get asked to retrain people when they're underperforming. 
And so I thought it would be a great topic to to go through and and look at. So when do we know when it's time to retrain, or should we be retraining, or you know those types of questions? And I'd love to get your thoughts on on all that, Mark. Yeah. So training truly is a never ending uh, scenario. So mm-hmm. uh, that's that's good, and everyone, every leader uh, should constantly be in the teaching mode. Uh, so that uh, it it never ends as it relates to your leadership. It can be a bit of a trap. So we've seen leaders who retrain the same people over and over again, rather than declaring them as underperformers. And it can definitely be a signal that, hey, we don't have the right talent in this role. So be careful not to fall in that trap. But at the same time, uh, we often find that the leader is the gap. (laughs) <laughs> they mm-hmm. they assume they assume they train just fine right. and they didn't and uh we we really came up with an incredible ladder that's in gapology that really you know helps it's amazing a fortune 25 company rolled it out and it's the foundation of their training as an example it's mm-hmm. that good so you want me to cover it real quick yeah so we Brian and I developed the habit ladder and it's in uh, Gapology, and it's it's how to create a habit, which is really what training's all about. It's often about you know getting someone to a level of repetition of excellence within whatever they do. And the habit ladder, which we address in Gapology, is how you should go after the training for either someone new or a new process. Or you'll see that it's it's well suited for just about anything as it relates to that. The the bottom level is communication, which is the training. And most training stops at that level. Would you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that that's where the leader becomes the gap. They uh they say, but we didn't we go through that? Weren't you <laughs> yeah. on the didn't you get the email? Uh, yeah. weren't you on the call? <laughs> Right. Uh, I saw you on the Zoom. I saw you on the screen. Yeah. Uh, so communication is not enough. The The next step up is critical, and that is to verify understanding. So you have to know that the team got it. And just because they didn't get it the first time doesn't mean they're the issue. <laughs> you you mm-hmm. as the teacher may be. Uh, so you need to verify understanding. So you have to get the, the group that you're training to a level of understanding. Uh, the third level is missed by virtually everyone every organization, and that is to gain agreement that we're going to do it, gain commitment around it. So in in some of the training classes we've seen that were incredible, they literally went around the room after uh, they were trained and after they verified that they uh, were trained and understood, uh, they then asked for their commitment to it. And it's incredibly powerful. So picture a group of people raising their hands saying, yeah, I'm in. I get it. I'll do it. Uh, that's the third level. Uh, the fourth level is critical, and that's practice and feedback. So just because you know it, the verified understanding level, and just because you're committed to it, doesn't mean you're good at it. So the practice and feedback, which is the fourth level of the habit ladder, is critical, and it's it's ongoing. And again, uh, sometimes those that practice and feedback longer than others become the best at it over over time. So don't assume they're underperformers. They just because they don't don't totally get it right, they may actually get there better than others. And then that leads to the fifth level of the habit ladder, which is habit, which is where you want to get to. 
So the habit ladder is really a way to build training. So sorry, Brian, for taking so long. What What do you think? No, no, that's great. Um, so, so a couple of things jumped out at me there. So first of all, um, you know, to answer the question, how do I know when to retrain? That is your opportunity to pull out the habit ladder and really look at it and say, all right, so did I do all of these steps? And if the answer is no, that's when you know, hey, I need to take action. I need to do something different here. And when you're looking at your process of training, oftentimes people think the practice piece is the role play that happens during the training class. And what I'll say is that that role play, all that's doing is validating understanding. So that's that's more of that understanding and communication level than it is the practice. The practice and feedback is that relentless training element that we were talking about. So that's that ongoing practice with feedback that helps you look for kind of the chinks in the armor around your skills and helps you to improve. So that's, that was my initial thought on that, Mark. Well, I love that. I love the way you describe the habit ladder as a way to evaluate how the leader did or the trainers did in training. It's yeah. it's a way to it's a way to critique the training to score the training to say hey did are we the gap mm-hmm. you know or did we do our job so the habit ladder is a high bar but it works so any of you that have not used it you've you've got to get there it's mm-hmm. the only way to create excellence the only way you'll right. never get there otherwise and um, we're very proud of the of the habit ladder. Uh, we've never seen it anywhere else. It's only in Gapology. <laughs> right. It's uh, and it and it's like amazing. It's like yeah, mm-hmm. that, you know that's it. Yeah. So uh, no, I think you nailed it there. So use it as a critique of yourself, mm-hmm. and uh, and and of your training and of the team's training, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, I, I think there is a, a big temptation to blame performance. Um, you know, lack of performance, underperformance immediately on the employee. When in reality, most often it's really stems from ourselves, our, you know, pulling out that mirror that we always talk about looking in the mirror and saying, all right, so what do I own here? I think it's the most common thing that happens is we don't train well. And then we blame the people that we were training. Yep. You got to look in the mirror. You got to, you got to look at the habit ladder. Mm-hmm. and say you know did i did i follow this did i achieve this level so yeah training training's a big deal mm-hmm. and in in the uh remote workforce today with people at a distance sometimes not on camera sometimes multitasking answering emails doing projects while the zoom training is going on mm-hmm. um it's difficult to to know if if someone got there. So the habit ladder works, period. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I think with this, Mark, is that habit ladder gives you the, the proof of either it's a training issue or it's not a training issue. So, and many times uh, we look at it and we say, okay, so training was actually pretty good, but but they're still underperforming. And I think there's also, you know, the rest of Gapology we could look at as, um, you know, clues into the reason for the underperformance. So so if we can say, yes, we trained them, 
Yes, they've, they've uh, verified the training. They performed in the past, but now all of a sudden they're not performing. Uh, we can say, all right, so it's not a knowledge issue. So it potentially could be an importance or an action issue. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, the habit ladder gives you the authority to take other action. Right. It empowers you. It uh, it lets you know you you did your part. So don't kid yourself about the steps on the habit ladder. They're they're big, but you need to you need to take them, and you need to take all of them. So I, I really like that that uh, that that completes it. If you go to the if you go to Gapology and you go to the knowledge gap, um, the three root solutions are uh, training, which is obvious, teaching which is what leaders need to do. They need to always be in that mode. And then talent. And if you if you are finding that you have to continuously go through the habit ladder with the same people, you likely have a talent issue. That means you got the wrong people in the role and you need to uh, move on. And retraining is not the solution once you've got to that point. And you need to find someone with with a higher talent level, and and that certainly happens. But the uh, those three root solutions of the knowledge app are significant as it relates to training, and uh, really really understand them, uh, and uh, you'll you'll be much more effective at it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think going through and asking the the big questions, you know, um, do they know what to do? Do they know how to do it? That's that's knowledge and skills. If you answer those questions, yes, then you move on to the importance gap. So here you ask the questions, do they know why they need to do it and really believe in it? And do they know when they need to do it? So do they understand their priorities, how everything kind of fits together? And if the answer is no, now you, you've identified that it's not necessarily a knowledge gap. You don't necessarily need to train. Now you need to focus on closing that importance gap. Yeah, we've seen a number of scenarios where the individual knew how to do it, but they didn't do it because the leader prioritized things differently and gave them different tasks. And, and it suddenly wasn't important in relation to other things. So they didn't do it. They know how to do it. They didn't do it. Yeah. So that's, that's again, often a leader issue. So mm -hmm. the importance gap is owned by the leader. Uh, they have to be very clear on the expectations. Uh, they have to communicate clearly and they have to prioritize clearly so that the team executes. So you literally could have a team that knows how to do it. The knowledge gap is closed, yet they don't do it because you as a leader have, uh, distracted them in some way towards something else. So be careful. Often you're the gap. We say that all the time. You know, I wear a right. gap t-shirt so that I can look in the mirror and see the gap. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, yeah. I know right where it is. Right. And it's always there. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, on this uh, podcast, we talk about leadership rhythm. So I think the importance gaps are really a great place to really analyze your leadership rhythm. If your rhythm is confusing and um, it's not consistent, uh, your behaviors could be driving that lack of belief in the priorities, um, understanding of the priorities. So if, if you're kind of manic and you're giving a, a focus around one direction one day and something totally different the next day and something different the next day, you're creating this whirlwind of 
chaos that uh, if you establish a leadership rhythm uh, around the things that really matter, that really helps to establish that that importance. Yeah, the leader's rhythm will communicate very clearly to the team what matters. Yeah. So make sure you look at yourself and look at your daily, your weekly, monthly rhythm. Have one, you know, if you're in total chaos, that sends (laughs) that message to the team. So that screws everything up. Mm -hmm. But if you're very rhythmic and, you know, follow a pattern and you're very predictable and what you're going to ask and what matters are known by the team, then you move the entire team forward. So be predictable, be, uh, be rhythmic, have a rhythm that moves the behavior of the team forward, which moves the results forward, et cetera. It also trains them how to lead, by the way. So you're, you're modeling a behavior that, they, that the future leaders can learn from. You know, when you look, when you talk to any great leader, they'll talk about a leader that they followed that taught them so many things. Well, be that, be that, be that leader. So Mm -hmm. yeah, no, rhythm matters. Right. Yeah. So I think we've given uh, everybody a couple of good tips there. So um, first thing I'd like to say is just, you know, well, I I would say start with analyzing your results, you know, look at that um, as part of your rhythm analyze your results, look for underperformers there, you know, look for behaviors that are driving those results, uh, look for any missing knowledge or skills. Um, and then from that, then, you know, take a look at your habit ladder, pull that out, go through that, see if, you know, you own the gap <laughs> or if it's something that, uh, you know, you do need to go back and retrain and then develop some sort of methods to close gaps for your future team. So, you know, learn from uh, the exercise, go through it, uh, set those plans in motion to create, you know, a really solid teaching organization. Oh, you're forgetting one big thing. What's that? Carry around a mirror. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Because the gap is often just us as leaders. And Mm -hmm. once we realize that, we can close it quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of mirrors, uh, on the last podcast, you know, we talked about your Halloween costume, Mark. No, it's hideous. <laughs> and so, so for everybody, so Mark sent me this picture. I was dying. It was hilarious. And I'm not going to share it on LinkedIn, but if anybody wants to see the picture, go to our, our Instagram page and you'll see a picture there of Mark actually with a mirror. So he was the Mad Hatter in Wonderland with his mirror. So uh, if you're interested, uh, head on over there and you can check that out. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Yeah. It wasn't my (laughs) idea, trust me. (laughs) It was fantastic. (laughs) All right, thanks, everybody. All right, thanks, Mark. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. All right, that'll do it from here. For more information on the Habit Ladder, the e-learning course, or anything Gapology, head on over to our website, gapology.org. Everyone have a fantastic week. Talk to you soon. This has been a Gapology Institute production. Visit us at gapology.org.